Fintech, or financial technology to use its Sunday name, is a fast-growing area of the Scottish economy that appears to have emerged even stronger from the pandemic. There are now almost 200 businesses in Scotland seeking to make the financial world work better, quicker, cheaper, more inclusive and more efficient, to the benefit of customers and the financial institutions who look after their money. The University of Edinburgh is at the heart of this fintech success, linking up academic expertise and talent with large financial organisations and young fast-growing fintech businesses. In particular, three-month industry placements offer university master's students a great chance to tackle real business challenges and work out their own fintech future. I actually get to experience what it's like to work in the banking industry prior to my graduation, which gives me a very good idea of what my work would be like if I ever work in such an industry or work in such a team. Because before you actually work in a team, you don't know what it's like to do the day-to-day stuff and what it's like to have meetings with other people. So these are all very valuable experience to me. For my case, I found it very interesting and very exciting to work with these people. But um, if it turns out that I'm not used to this kind of environment, I can find it out before my graduation so I can start pursuing something different and something which might interest me more. That's Xiaodong Zi talking about his placement with Royal Bank of Scotland, part of NatWest Group. And I'm David Lee, and this is episode one of the Scotsman podcast series, Fintech in Focus, which looks at the people and organisations creating a real financial technology powerhouse in Scotland. We'll hear more from Zhao Dong later, but it's not just large banks benefiting from master's students tackling specific problems in a focused way. Kim Abbott runs Vested Impact, a tiny business with huge ambition. It wants to redefine what we mean by millionaire, with specific reference to an increasingly important term in the financial world, ESG, or environmental, social and governance, the ethical heartbeat of a business, if you like. Why does that matter to Vested Impact? Kim explains. Vested was started essentially with an aim to redefine millionaire to be a person who impacts millions of lives. And we did that because currently at the moment, there's a lot of talk about sustainability, ESG. But at the moment, ESG essentially looks at the outside in. It looks at the risks of the environment, of climate and things on a company. But what we realized most people, you and I, we all actually care about is the opposite question. It's what's the impact of the company outwardly on the social problems that we care about. So we created Vested to essentially answer that question of what is the impact that companies, their products and services are having outwardly on the world's biggest problems, which we align with the UN SDGs. And essentially we just do that through bringing in a bunch of data, about hundred million data points from the world's leading impact organizations. We kind of pull it all together in a way to measure impact of companies to help banks and everyday people understand the value and the impact that their money and investments are having. So why did Vested Impact want to work with a master's or MSc student? What was in it for them? There was really two reasons that we went for it. The first one is as a business, Vested is quite, it's quite a progressive concept and we needed people who think differently. You know, I think the finance sector has a wealth of experience, but it's got a wealth of people that do things the way they've always been done. And I find that students in particular, 
can bring some of that experience as, a, as, as an MSc student, but they can also bring that kind of enthusiasm and freedom to kind of look at things differently. So we needed that, um, which was the key thing. But the second reason we got involved was actually a personal one, because when I was a student, I did my thesis and dissertation with a company. I did it with a company as well. And to me as a student, it was a really amazing learning experience to apply my learning in a real and kind of meaningful way to a company. So for me, I also just thought it was a great opportunity to give a student a similar chance that I had. And what led Zhao Dongzi to the placement programme after he followed up a first-class maths degree with his master's in operational research with data science? I was interested in the program because it is something beyond uh, mathematics itself. It's actually the application of um, mathematical theories, and I get to do some real-world projects. And also, instead of just locking myself in my room, writing up the dissertation myself, I get to go to the office at that time and actually communicate with um, industrial elites who are very knowledgeable in the banking industry. So I applied, then I got in. The title of my dissertation project was around uh, neural networks and its application in credit risk modeling. Credit risk uh, is basically, in my project, is mainly about the probability of default for somebody who uh, borrows money from a bank through, for example, a loan or credit card. So the bank wants to estimate that probability. Banks need models to do that, to give that estimation, to set aside enough capital for adverse situations like um, economic downturn, where a lot of customers cannot pay back. And there are a lot of advanced modeling techniques. So for example, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and neural networks. Neural networks is a bit different from traditional modeling because the model is a black box and we don't know what actually happens inside the model itself. It trains itself and um, it adapts itself to the real world problem. My project kicked in because you know they expect to see more of this kind of models in the future. So they want to be prepared and want to know, you know uh, what are the considerations. So I think this is just me coming from background with very limited knowledge about neural networks and its applications in credit risk. I used the time to develop to construct a model myself. More of what happened next to Zhao Dong later. But how do small businesses like Vested Impact and large businesses like NatWest hook up with a university master's student? Rosie Wilkie is a matchmaker and explains why the vast range of university alumni, former students now out there in the financial community are so important. So my role in the School of Mathematics as a business development executive, part of that job, is to identify companies who might want to partner with us to provide projects for our MSE students to study over the summer. And so I guess the way I go about that normally is quite often work with companies where our academics have maybe been doing some research with that company previously. We also use our alumni quite a lot. So obviously our students go on into the wide world of work and often they are very well placed to find relevant and interesting projects for us. The other opportunity more recently 
is the university's part of the state driven innovation program across the city region and they have a number of members and partners and we go out to them and we actually ask our business community if they'd be interested as well in, in providing those sorts of projects. We work with some very big banks that have headquarters in Edinburgh and of course they have millions of customers and billions of transactions. So these are very data-rich companies and they are constantly trying to get insights from that data. More and more we're seeing that they want to get more value from their data than just what they need to get from a regulatory or pricing point of view. They're trying to understand more and more things about their customers. So we're talking about NatWest, Lloyds Banking Group, We've done some projects with Tesco Bank, HSBC. Rosie says the needs of these larger companies with millions of customers and billions of transactions are very different to a small fintech business, but each has positive benefits to link up with students. I think sometimes the the smaller companies, they have more space for this type of activity. Research and development is more part of what they do. Whereas I think in a smaller company, they can be a little bit more autonomous and they can sort of, yeah, they they can help develop the ideas because they're more in that headspace of research and development. One of the master's courses placing students with large and small financial services businesses is FTP, or Finance, Technology and Policy. Director for the programme, Dr Taylor Spears, says the course is growing rapidly. We received slightly over a thousand applications in the last cycle. We usually admit around 150 students with the goal of having a class of around 60 students. We're kind of very close to that number this year. We've seen a real increase in the popularity of this program, you know, since it was launched three years ago. So in the first year, we received around 500 applications by students and around 800 in the second year. This program in particular is well-suited to industry partnerships. We have access to resources that, you know, other MSc programs don't necessarily in terms of building links with industry partners. FinTech is a very fast-moving space. You look at some of the FinTech issues that are emerging now, things like central bank digital currencies, distributed finance. These weren't even topics on anybody's radar three years ago. What we've done is we've actually put in place an industry advisory panel that provides us with input on our curriculum. It's really there to make sure that we're getting information from the market and feedback on our curriculum to make sure that it's appropriately matched with the issues that fintech practitioners are facing and the new issues that are arising within that space. Between 80 and 90% of the students on FTP are international, says Dr Spears, with a variety of motivations and ambitions. We have some students who are very much interested in careers in traditional financial services or in working for existing fintech firms. And so those students tend to go to work for, you know, really a range of companies, banks, asset management firms, professional services firms. Some of those students seek to to stay in the UK and others look to take their skills and return to their countries of origin. A smaller proportion of our students are really interested in building their own companies from scratch, and we have resources in place to support that. Last year, I actually had a dissertation advisee who's basically creating a fintech startup around a piece of technology that he developed 
during his dissertation. Those students, I think, are very interested in staying in Edinburgh, staying in the UK, and really taking advantage of all the kind of UK's fin- fintech ecosystem has to offer. What are the emerging areas that students are most excited about? Crypto and blockchain tends to be very popular among our students. We also see a lot of interest on the part of students in in machine learning. That obviously is a core part of their curriculum, but we have a number of students who are really interested in sort of taking their core machine learning knowledge and skills and really learning how to apply that in a trading and an asset management context. In terms of new issues that are kind of coming down the line, central bank digital currencies are going to become increasingly important in the upcoming years. And, you know, things like distributed finance, which I suppose is kind of on the other end of the spectrum. You can kind of think of a spectrum of problems that a business might face, ranging from very business-focused very domain-specific problems that demand a lot of business knowledge, knowledge of finance, on the one hand, to very technical problems that really require deep specialized knowledge of informatics and, and machine learning and software development. And I think where our students are really well-placed to help solve problems that are kind of in the middle of that spectrum. And As far as I'm aware, I think the FTP program is kind of unique in its ability to focus on those. So how can this be mutually beneficial for both students and for the businesses they work with? Our students really benefit from being able to apply what they've learned in their degree in a commercial context. I think it's also very beneficial for companies as well because they're able to get somebody working in in their firms looking at these problems with a fresh set of eyes. And our students really kind of come at these problems with an interdisciplinary mindset. And so they may be able to solve these problems in ways that are quite distinct from people who have been maybe working in the field for a very long period of time. It's not just about the finance, technology and policy course. A range of master's courses offer a wide variety of options to students, including operational research, as Rosie Wilkie explains. Operational research is a branch of mathematics that deals primarily with optimization and modelling. And we do find that that is a key skill that's looked for by banks and financial services. You can obviously apply optimization and modelling to lots and lots of different areas, but banks in particular like it for things like predictive modelling or behavioural modelling. Rosie says master's students from courses like Statistics with Data Science are also in high demand, as companies try to glean insights from massive amounts of data. But how is it possible to ensure these projects give something to both student and company, especially when they only last three months? It needs to be a project that the company are interested in enough, but it's not something that is is critical to their business because these are students, they're doing research. We can't guarantee that they're going to come out with a solid outcome or a commercial output. But similarly, the students need to be able to apply what they've learned in their course. So they'll have done a lot of training leading up to this dissertation. And the whole point is they're taking those skills and that new knowledge and they're they're applying it to real world data and real world problems and maybe even pushing that a little bit further. So they'll start with the foundations of what they've learned, but they might start actually researching something brand new for them and really building on that. So what kind of projects are students looking at and how does that change with circumstances in the financial services industry? 
There were a few projects, for example, about the impact of COVID and how that might impact a regulated company like a bank. But we also see projects that are more around financial distress. So trying to predict based on behaviour and transactions when a customer is, is going into financial distress and, and what the bank, what actions the bank may be able to take from that. And then the last thing I think is about resilience. So there's obviously been a lot of fluctuation, a lot of change in the markets over the last few years. And it's how do you use modeling to try and model some of that uncertainty and again, inform decision-making for the future to try and make your company and your business more resilient to those changes. Rosie has seen significant changes in financial services since she left the University of Edinburgh after studying maths and then the MSc in operational research. When I came out of university, I, I went straight into what was Bank of Scotland at that point, Halifax Bank of Scotland, in a credit risk modelling role. And quite a lot of the modelling at that time was because we had this regulatory requirement and we were looking at credit risk. But I think between then and now, there are a lot more tools now for people to use to do modelling. You don't necessarily need to have all the background skill and knowledge. I think it's becoming more accessible to do data science. People are understanding that they can get value from their data other than what they need to get. After 15 years in financial services, Rosie came back to the university and says data has been one of the real game changers. You think about all the information a bank holds about you. They potentially will know, for example, if you own your house or you rent it. They might know if you have dependents or not. They'll know a lot about you from your transactions and what you buy, what you spend your money on. They'll know how much disposable income you have potentially. So this is a, a really wide and broad range of information that banks will hold. What innovative things can they do? So I guess it's not just about products and services, but how can they use that to inform their own strategies? So how does Rosie, as the matchmaker between students and companies, see both sides benefiting? For the student, it really provides a sense of what it's like to work in a company, in a large organisation. And it is very different from being a student. I think it provides the reality of, of data, data structures, the sheer volume of data that, that these companies will have. It might expose them to things like data protection as well, even just the basic regulation around data. It will also give them a sense of, of purpose in what they're doing. So what they're delivering is actually valuable to that company. They'll be able to inject a sort of energy and a different way of looking at the problem. I guess the, the benefit to the company is these students are coming in fresh-faced. They don't have any preconceived ideas about how that company runs. They'll come up with a new way to do something. And I think that's one of the key things that the companies get from that is the, the fresh thinking, but also the modern ideas and skills that they've been learning throughout their master's programme. I mean, a lot of these techniques and skills are moving very fast now. So it's about bringing those new skills, the new expertise that they've learned in university to a problem. Some of our companies use it as a little bit of a recruiting exercise. They are looking for skills and talent. Um, and if, they, if they've had a good experience with the student, they will very often offer them a job at the end. I think the smaller companies sometimes are more nimble and they're maybe mm. more open to try things that are 
possibly a bit more radically different. It might not come up with anything useful, but if it does, they want to be able to really apply that and use that. They just want to make sure that if the student develops a really, really good bit of code, that, that they can take that way and use it. Rosie is confident that the summer MSc placements with industry are doing students a power of good. I think the feedback is overwhelmingly positive from the students who do a project with a company. And there are so many skills that they have learned that's not that are not just academic skills that are hard to get from just being at university. And these are skills that will just mean that when they do get a job, they will just be quicker at taking things on. They'll go into a job with a bit more confidence. They'll understand a bit more about, I guess, how you behave and others behave in certain contexts. Our students feel slightly less bamboozled, if you like, because they've experienced some of that already. So has this mutual benefit worked out in practice? Kim Abbott says yes, it worked really well for Vested Impact. She explains what the firm was hoping to get a student to do and how it worked out. We've always looked at Vested as something that measures impact. But the reality of the financial sector is that isn't the only factor that they will ever make decisions on. You know, risk and return are obviously two of the key ones. So the objective of the project we realized was to really understand around, you know, how would structuring and rebalancing portfolios on impact have an effect, if at all, on things like risk and return. What that correlation would be, you know, what's the kind of trade-off but also how has that evolved over the past five, 10 years? We have such big thoughts. And it was working with the university to kind of distill that down into some discrete tasks. Kim says there was a great two-way discussion with the students to shape the piece of work, which ended up with an unexpected but hugely helpful conclusion. I don't come from the finance space. The, the student we worked with did. So I was well aware that they could have, they could see something in here that I haven't spotted at all. And I think perhaps the student wasn't quite expecting it, actually, to have as much say in kind of going, we can adapt this, we can, you know, go on different tangents if that's where it goes. But I think for me, that was one of the most valuable things because the student did pick up on a trend we didn't expect to see around the volatility of products around impact. And we went, great, let's dig into that, which proved to be really valuable. We do quote those examples and that research with clients. So that for us as a business was brilliant. I think for the student, the benefits was for them was that they got to kind of work alongside or understand a startup. And there was also times that for them, the experience would have been eye-opening in that, you know, as a startup, our system went down. So their access to data was inhibited. And that's not a great thing, but their adaptability and resilience, I also think is something that they might have learned a lot about the kind of rhythm of a startup and what can go wrong, but also the scale of impact they can have. The hypothesis or we were hoping to see was, is there a correlation between impact and better performance of a fund or a product? And there didn't seem to be, the, the student actually came back to us and was almost disappointed and said, I, I didn't find that, you know, there's no linear correlation and, you know, that's okay. If that's what the data says, that's what the data says. And they just offhandedly went, but I did see a trend, however, in, you know, products that have more impact seem to be less volatile to market changes. We went, well, hang on a minute. Let's dig into that more. 
And that proved to be a really interesting narrative for a client at the time that we were talking to, because we were, we were showing them about risk and return and impact altogether, saying to them, they would actually, you know, have a much less volatile fund when things changed was quite interesting and resonated with them. And it, it kind of seemed to all happen by chance, but I don't think it was. I think it was really the student picked up on something that we hadn't quite looked at as a factor that would be important or relevant to impact. Yeah, it became something that actually really helped us to hit on some things that matter to the people that we work with as well. And Kim says vested impact will definitely be back for more. Absolutely was a good experience. And I think we're already talking with the university on doing it again. For the reasons I said before, I'm a big proponent of students and the thinking they bring, but also I think, and I hope that it's as valuable for the students as it is for us as a business. The master's programmes mentioned in this podcast are just examples of the kind of programmes which fintech companies could benefit from. There are plenty of others too. Taylor Spears says the University of Edinburgh will make an excellent partner, whichever programme a company chooses to link up with. I think the University of Edinburgh is a great partner because we have a great set of resources in place to help manage industry relationships. I mentioned before the Edinburgh Futures Institute and the Data Driven Innovation Initiative. I think it's also worth noting the University of Edinburgh historically has some really, really excellent strengths in the areas of informatics, areas that are very relevant to fintech. And some of the courses that our our students in FTP you know, take R in the informatics school, for instance. That close and mutually beneficial university industry relationship certainly worked for Xiao Dongzi, who completed his placement with Royal Bank of Scotland in 2019 and clearly impressed them. He was offered a job in the team, started work in spring 2020 as a model risk data scientist, and then in 2021, supervised his own University of Edinburgh master's student placement. At the start of this year, Rosie actually contacted my team saying that, you know, there, there's a project coming up. Uh, if any of you um, are interested, you can lead uh, one of the projects. I think there's a need in the team to get to do some research work, but our day-to-day work is already keeping us very busy. So I just proposed this topic, causal modeling and advertise it around the university, the MSc program. And um, finally, Tom, who's the MSc student, took the project and uh, I was his supervisor and we spent um, 12 weeks together to work, work through this problem. For some of the research topics, it's not that we are not willing to do, it's just that we don't have enough time. It really requires you to spend a bit of time reading the literature and really experimenting with models, which all takes time. Even if we were to do it ourselves, we have to start from scratch. So there's no harm handing it over to some MSc student. And also a more uh, implicit benefit for the bank is to get a chance to actually talk and work with a a student who might end up working with us in the end. It, It worked out for me. That's Zhao Dongzi of NatWest Group, ending this fintech in focus podcast about giving university students valuable real-life experiences in financial services. Those experiences are valuable for the students and for the businesses they work in, who can select from the university master's program that best suits their specific requirements. Matching up students and businesses like this is also valuable for the wider fintech community in Scotland and beyond 
by providing fresh talent, shaping future industry leaders and adding to the formative experiences of would-be entrepreneurs. That's why the University of Edinburgh is at the heart of fintech growth, both here and now and in the future, in Scotland, in Europe and further afield. Listen out for more Fintech in Focus episodes on all your main podcast platforms. Fintech in Focus is presented by me, David Lee, and produced by Kelly Crichton.